This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. I mean, I've met people who have told me, uh, I hear voices. They've said, I hear voices. I hear voices. I have, I have voices. And then I always say to them, wait, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I will tell you what those voices are saying because I know what those voices are saying to you. And I tell them, I said, those voices are saying to you, kill yourself. Kill yourself. And people say, how did you know? How did you know? Because that's what the devil speaks to man. The devil is speaking to those two that are living among the tombs there. Cut yourself. Cut yourself with rocks. When a person goes to the top of a very tall building or a tall bridge, where does that come from, that urge to jump? Just jump. Think of the thrill of the jump. I dare to jump. That's from Satan. That's what his words are. And this is what we see here from this demon-possessed man that met the Lord when he landed on the boat, a person harming others and harming himself. And when the demons who were inside that, those two, saw the Lord Jesus, we read in verse 29, Behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come here to torment us before the time? So the response of the demons when they saw the Lord is, They cried out. The demons cried out. Why did they cry out? They saw their master. They saw the one who had the authority over them, power over them. They saw power. And the demons asked a question in verse 29. What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Even though those demons were enemies of God, they were forced to acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is God the son, that Jesus is God, when they said, Jesus, thou son of God. The devils know. They know that Jesus is God. Just like it says in the parallel passage in Mark 1.24, Mark 1.24, they said, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. Their words 
were words of defiance when they said, let us alone, what have we to do with thee? Their words were, leave us alone, why are you bothering us? Those words of, what have I to do with thee, are saying, what do I have to do with God? I have nothing to do with God. And in a sense, it's true. In a sense, it's true. The devils have nothing to do with Jesus. The demons have nothing to do with the Lord Jesus. Because first of all, when the Lord Jesus stooped to be the Savior, he was not made in the image of angels or the image of fallen angels, as it states in Hebrews 2.16, Hebrews 2.16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Second, when he died for sins, he only died for the sins of man. He did not die for the sins of fallen angels. As it says in 1 John 2, 1, 1 John 2, 1, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an ad- any man sin. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's a propitiation for sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, the sins of the whole world of man. First John 1, uh, sorry, John 1.29, John 1.29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming at him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the sin of the world, the world of man he's talking about, sin of the world. He's the Savior of the seen world of man. He's not the Savior of the unseen realm of demons. I mean, what love of God that man has so much to do with God. What love of God. When you see the demon saying, what have I to do with thee? And then you think about what we can say. We have so much to do with you, God. What love of God that we have so much to do with God. But the demons did call him Lord. They did call him God. They did call him God. And James 2.19 says, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Yes, the demons believe that Jesus is God but they still had nothing to do with him, which shows it's possible for a person to call Jesus God, believe as Jesus God, and have nothing to do with him, never having surrendered themselves wholly to him, never having believed into Jesus. And when those demons said that they had nothing to do with God, it's true, they hate God. They stand in opposition to God. They defy God. They openly rebel against God. And they get people to follow them doing these same things of hating God, defying God, rebelling against God, and they speak these words of rebellion. They're just like the ones, the kings of the earth, and it's described in Psalm 2, Psalm 2-2, where it says, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, against his Messiah, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But when the demons said, we have nothing to do with you, in one sense, that's true. In another sense, that's entirely not true. Because it says in Jude 1.6, Jude 1.6, the angels which kept not their first estate, those are the demons, but left their habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under the darkness of the judgment of the great day. It's also emphasized in 2 Peter 2.4, 2 Peter 2.4, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be served unto judgment. What they have to do with the Lord Jesus is what every person has to do 
with the Lord Jesus who ignores God, who rebels against God. They are reserved unto judgment of the great day. And the demons are afraid of that judgment. They are very much afraid of it. It says in Hebrews 10.27, Hebrews 10.27, a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. So the demons live in this constant state of fear with their ultimate judgment of eternal misery. It's looming over them all the time. It's always in their sight, which is why the demons spoke of the torment that awaited them in verse 29 when they said, art thou come here there to torment us before the time? They're constantly thinking about the time. They're constantly on their mind that we only have a limited time to roam the earth. There's going to come a time when we will be put in eternal chains of darkness, as it says in Jude 1.6, as we said that. Now, the time that the demons are referring to when it's called this time of the judgment is the time of the judgment of the Messiah, when the Messiah will judge. And the Messiah spoke of that in John 5.22, John 5.22, when he said, the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So the people who choose in life to ignore God, to ignore his so great salvation, they really are repeating the words in Matthew 8, 29, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Now, there's two words in verse 28, and there's two words in verse 29 that reveal to us the issue of power. Verse 28 says the two words are no man. No man might pass by that way. In other words, no man was able to pass. Nobody could go by that. No man had power over these demons in, this, in these two people. It shows how man is utterly powerless when it comes to confronting demons. Man is completely weak against the powers of darkness. The demons have great powers. It can be seen in verse 30 when it says, and there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him saying, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. There was the herd of pigs and they were a long way away. And the demons asked the Lord to have permission to go into those pigs. And when the Lord said the one word, go, that long distance was no obstacle for them. Immediately, it says they were there. The demons had the power to instantly possess those pigs, even though they were a long ways away. It's what it says in Mark 5.13, Mark 5.13. Forthwith, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently in, down a deep place into the sea. There were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. So those are the two words that show us the power of the demons in verse 28. But then there's two words in verse 29 that shows the other side, and those two words in verse 29 are torment us, torment us. So verse 29, the demons are asking Jesus if he has come to torment them with his judgment. Shows how this shows the opposite. This shows how weak the demons are and the powers of darkness are against the Lord Jesus. The powers of darkness are powerless against the Lord Jesus. And God, as he does, limits what they are able to do. Just as he spoke to the angry waves and you can, as a picture. So here's these big, ferocious-looking waves. They look like they're going to destroy everything. Big crashing. And, it, and it's emphasized that God says, here's a limit. In Job 38.11, Job 38.11, 
Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. Just as with you devils. Okay, now, in verse 31, we see the devils begging the Lord, as it says in verse 31, the devils besought him, saying, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. There's something further that the demons did not want, and it's this request, and it's expanded on a little in Mark 5.10, Mark 5.10, where it says, he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. This one demon spoke for all the other demons, and he didn't want to be sent out of the country. Why? Because the demons are happiest when they are hurting people, when they are causing people to hurt themselves and to hurt others. And that's why the demons were begging to not be sent out of the country because the country is where the people were and there they had opportunities to harm the people. But it's limited. It's limited. Their ability, as we said, and their time, as it says in Revelation 12, 12, Revelation 12, 12, it says, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea, for the devil has come down unto you with great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knoweth he has a short time. And these demons know thee had a short time. And so when the devil was cast out, when the demons were cast out, and he allowed him to go into the swine of the herdsmen, we read what happened in verse 33, and they that kept them fled went their ways into the city and told everything what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. So what's happened here? The herdsmen, the herdsmen, they see the pigs that they're taking care of, run into the water and drown. They go and investigate what happened and what they're impressed with. Are they impressed with the fact that the pigs are lost? Look at it, verse 33. They went and told the, the city what was befallen to the possessed of the devil, of the devils. So they're amazed. These herdsmen are amazed to see that those two who were the terror of the city were freed from the devils, and they're in their right minds. This is what struck them. Not the loss of the pigs, it doesn't say that. Not the loss of the pigs, but the gain of these two people. And that's why they run into the city and they tell the city that what, what happened to the two people. Probably those herdsmen were not the owners of the pig. They, they, they were hired hands to take care of the pigs, whoever they were. The city was not impressed with what they were impressed with. The city was not impressed with the fact that two people were rescued from the demons. The city was impressed that we just lost 2,000 pigs. We can imagine the conversation. The herdsman comes in and says, oh, those two people that blocked the roads by the tombs and that were screaming all the time from the cuts they were giving themselves, they were cured. They've been restored. The demons were cast out. And we can imagine the city saying, okay, but what happened to the pigs? What happened to the 2,000 pigs? That's a lot of money that we had tied up in those 2,000 pigs. 2,000 pigs were destroyed? We gotta do something about this. We can't be losing 2,000 pigs just because two demons to those people are restored. That's a crisis. So the city, the whole city, the whole city saw this as a severe problem. And the city just didn't send one representative to the Lord Jesus. It says in verse 34, behold, the whole city came, came out to meet Jesus when they saw him. They besought him that he would depart out of their coast. So when they saw the Lord, they're like the demons. They're begging the Lord, leave, leave. They wanted the Lord to leave the city. They were saying the words of Mark 124, Mark 124. 
Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? So they're begging the Lord to leave them alone because they're afraid that the Lord is going to destroy their businesses. For them, the pigs were more valuable than the souls of those two people. For them, they chose the swine over the Savior. In essence, they were saying to the Lord, depart from me. And there are many today who say those words, Lord, leave me alone. Depart from me. And when any person says those tragic three words, depart from me, the tragedy is, is that those, that same person is going to hear those same, same words to him. As it says in Matthew 7.23, Matthew 7.23, Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So like the whole city in verse 34 who said to the Lord Jesus, Depart from me. There's many people today who say to the Lord Jesus, Depart from me. And the Lord Jesus is trying to enter into the city. He wants to help the people in those cities, not just those two demon-possessed men on the outskirts by the tomb, but he wants to help all the people in the city, just as he did in Capernaum, just as he did in Capernaum. So here's the Lord. He's trying to enter the city, and one day after those people die, they'll be trying to enter the city of God, heaven. And just as the city was blocked from the Lord from entering into it, and they said to the Lord, depart from me, one day after they die, they will be blocked from entering the city of heaven, and they're going to hear those words of Matthew 7, 23, depart from me. That's a tragic, tragic decision that the city had made that day. And the real tragedy of this history with the city was that we don't read of any other opportunity. We don't read of any other time when the Lord came to this, this city. This is the day. This was the day. The Lord never returned to that city again. This was the time of their visitation. The time of their visitation. This was the time of their opportunity. And the tragedy was they didn't know that that was the time of their visitation. All they knew is that someone had arrived that caused the death, the destruction of 2,000 pigs. And they lost their opportunity of a lifetime because they didn't recognize what time that was. That was the sad, sad, sad tragedy of the city of Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem. That was the tragedy of the city of Jerusalem that made the Lord cry. It says in Luke 19.41, Luke 19.41, when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they're hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round, keep thee on every side, shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Jerusalem lost what belonged to it, all because they did not realize that the one and only time they had to receive their Messiah and God had come and gone. And the tragedy is played out today. When a person hears the gospel, he might hear the gospel from a friend. He might hear it on the television. He might hear it on the radio. He might hear it in a church. He might overhear it on some property next to some place. He might overhear it in a funeral. He might hear it wherever. And what he doesn't realize is that at that moment, the Lord is there with them at that time, wanting to come into their hearts to be their God and Savior. 
And the tragedy happens when that person shrugs off the invitation, hardens his heart against the persuasions, and he does not realize that was his chance to be saved. That was his chance to receive life. And that's why the Bible says, don't be like that city that we're reading about here in Matthew 8. Don't be like it that refused entry to the Lord and came out and begged the Lord to depart. That's why the Bible says to not delay when the voice of God is heard in the soul. That's what the Bible says, don't harden the heart to the call of God. That's what the Bible says, today is the time. Today is the day. Now is the time before the door is shut. Psalm 95, 7, Psalm 95, 7. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation of the wilderness. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now Behold, now is the day of salvation. Verse 34 in our passage was the 2 Corinthians 6-2, now time for that city's salvation. Verse 34 in Matthew 8 was the Psalm 95-7, today time, that the city heard the voice of God. And tragically, that city, like so many, hardened their heart, asked the Lord to depart from them. Just say, please leave. Like so many tell themselves, so many tell themselves what the Roman governor Felix told Paul in Acts 24, 24. Acts 24, 24. After certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season, when... I have a convenience I will call for thee. When Paul told Governor Felix about all what real righteousness is and how he, nobody has it and how we're all sinners and about the need for self-control or temperance and about how God was going to judge a person for their sins, that governor trembled. He trembled with fear. But he, what he didn't realize was that was his time to come to the Lord Jesus for salvation. And tragically, Felix thought that, I'll have another time. I'll have another time, another chance to come to the Savior Jesus. And that's why he said to Paul in Acts 24, 25, Acts 24, 25, go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He said, go thy way for this time. In other words, he was saying, I'll pass now. I'll pass for this time. And when he said, when I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. He was saying, I'm going to be the one that calls the shots on this as far as the time goes. He's saying, I'm going to determine when the best time is going to be for me to come to the Savior. And many people today say, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I know when I'm going to be ready, but not yet. And those are the two words the devil loves to hear. Not yet. Not yet because the devil knows that the yet will not be reached until it's too late. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that today he continues to knock at our hearts, at all people's hearts, saying, let me in. Let me have full sway. Let me be ruler. Let me be king. Let me be God of your life. Let me be all that I want to be to you. So Lord, help us uh, as your ambassadors to be faithful Lord tellers, faithful tellers that now is the day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.